You're listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, Slants and Rants. Over two years in the making, CTD and Vega. Finally. We are finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Two years in the making. The last time you heard us was on Willie P Radio for Slants and uh, for Slants and Rants for Three Rope Ramble. Three Rope Ramble, yep. And we are finally here with our pilot episode of Slants and Rants, which is the biggest episode because we're starting off with a bang. It's the it's Super, Super Bowl. Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Sunday, it's Super Bowl week this week, baby. We're here. It's, it's one of the biggest weeks in football, if not the biggest week in football. Oh, it's definitely the biggest week in football. It's the biggest week in sports. It's a good point. It's a good point. In, Amer- in America, absolutely. In America, absolutely. And we're here. We're finally here. It took us long enough. It, it did take a while. So we do have to ask you, be patient. We are new to this podca- podcasting world. So I'm sure we're going we're gonna to take a few licks along the way. We're going to have a few mistakes, you know, but this is, this is the starting ground. This is episode one. Be patient. There's many, many more episodes to come. So we got to, you know, get our feet wet, figure out exactly what we're doing here. Listen, people, it's a pilot episode. Every pilot episode of every TV show you watch isn't that great, you know? But guess what? We're going to make this great, damn it. We're going to make it great, okay? We're here for the long haul. We're not stopping. Every week, we're bringing you new content. We're going to bring you different stuff. We plan to make this the best football podcast you've ever listened to, all right? So tally up your shoes. Put on your high horse. Do whatever you got to do. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Just be ready. <laughs> it's, the, it's the excitement flowing. But the main goal, I would say, of this podcast, not only to, to get our voices out there, but I know you don't like to be wrong. I don't like to be wrong. No. We're here, we're here to tell you why we're right and you're wrong. Simple as we're, that. We are two very stubborn people. Um, oh, I, Yeah. I like to fact check everything, you know. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and let some people tell me wrong. Not even Chris. So we're going to go back and forth on something we don't agree on. We're still friends. But guess what? If he has something I don't like that he said, I'm going to go back at him. But seriously, we're happy to bring this to you guys. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, and we're, we're ready just to, to bring this home to you. Let, let, let's do this. Yeah, and, uh, and before we get started into our Super Bowl preview, just a, a few things to expect coming in the future. We have so many ideas now that we've finally started this podcast. We have from anything from free agency projection, free agency reactions, mock drafts, uh, draft projections, draft reactions, uh, off-season grades, season previews, season wraparounds, you name it. All coming this off season. We start today and we move forward. And then obviously when the season starts, that's when we really start hammering home. Anytime we get news, you'll be getting uh, score predictions and win predictions every single week. Who do we have? And we're going to keep tally. And this is the first start right here. Now this won't count towards next year's tally, but we will be making, stay tuned to the end of this episode when we make our official Super Bowl prediction. Who's going to win, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Pat, you can feel my excitement. I feel oh, your I, excitement. I, I feel, know you're ready. I, I, a few more things real fast. Guys, when we drop this podcast, uh, please just like, subscribe, comment. Um, it'll mean a lot to us and to all my friends, to his friends, family, whoever. Share it with everyone. We're all friends. Come on now. Do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter, which is at slants. And rants pod or slants rants pod. Yep. Please you follow us there. And then when we drop this, please just like, subscribe, uh, give us a review, let us know what you think of it. If you don't like it, let us know. We'll change, yeah. we'll change whatever we have to do. You know, exactly. Uh, that's what we're here for. But like Chris said, we're gonna bring you a bunch of different content. We're gonna try and find people to get on here. We're gonna do whatever we could do to make this the best podcast, best football podcast you know around. Uh, the only thing is, it's a big thing. Trust me, it's a big thing, which I know you gambling folks out there are big, big gamblers, which I don't judge. I'm all cool with. On this show, we can't give you, say we're putting money into something and giving you betting odds and winners. 
We can tell you who's the favorite, what, like, if they're minus three, that's fine. But we cannot sit here and say put 100 bucks to bet on the Chief or the Bucks. Our jobs don't let us. We're not allowed to. Um, so if you ask, if you're wondering why we're not saying, hey, take the over today, that's the reason why. Um, yep. But that's the last thing I have. We're ready to bring you the Super Bowl preview. Chris, start off how you start yeah. always three-hour yeah. ramble. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. There are plenty of podcasts that are great podcasts for gambling. Sadly, this is not a gambling podcast because you and I, we're not gambling men. So this, it's just not going to be here. There's so many other great podcasts that have it. So, you know, absolutely go give a listen to find that information uh, elsewhere. But this podcast, oh, it's going to be about arguments. It's going to be about having fun. And it's going to be about us proving why we're always right. And it starts, it starts with Super Bowl Sunday, which I'm just happy we made it here. Before we even get into the actual game, I'm just happy we're here. We're not there yet. There are still a few days, but with how tough this season has been, the Steelers, for example, jumping through hurdles to play their games. There was multiple times throughout the season, you know, the season looked doomed and gloomed. I'm just happy we finally made it. We're finally here for Super Bowl Sunday. Something that didn't seem like it was going to actually come. I personally didn't think they'd get through it, um, especially like college football. I didn't think that'd get through it. Here, the players are getting paid, so it's a little different. But still, like after, the way COVID's going, how they got through it, I'm happy we're here. Even though it's a, the Kansas City Chiefs, who I'm not a fan of, I'm still happy that we're here. We had football all year. There were no official game cancellations where they took the whole game off the schedule, which I'm thrilled about. We love football. So I'm happy that, like Chris said, we're here. We're here, baby. We're here, and we're ready to watch Sunday. I'm ready to pound a few beers back, throw some wings in my mouth, and get a little crazy on Sunday. We finally made it, and it's a special Super Bowl because not only is it the first ever Super Bowl where a team has a home game, even though – there's a limited amount of fans. What is there, 25,000? Yeah, 25,000. It's Florida, man. You know they don't Yeah, That's yeah. Florida. Florida's like, ah, come on yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quote-unquote 25,000. You know, they're, they're like 25, 35, 40. What's the difference, guys? What's the yeah, difference? We'll just sell the whole damn stadium out. Come on now. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, the pirate boat. Oh, oh, yeah. It's like the first time uh, the Cowboys had a home game. They're like, yeah, there's only 15,000 people here. Wasn't well, an empty seat in the crowd. No, it's uh, the, the the Cowboy game sounded like a full like full yeah. sold out Cowboy versus Giant game. I was like, what is going on? Like, oh Jerry, we know you're lying to us. We yeah. know you're lying to us. There's a lot more than fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, whatever you got going on. But not only is this Super Bowl the first ever home Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but this is this is goat versus goat. This is the the greatest NFL quarterback of all time in Tom Brady taking on what many people say is the next greatest quarterback going to take over Brady. That's Patrick Mahomes. This could not be a more exciting quarterback matchup. Now, obviously both teams are great. The Bucks have great weapons, a great defensive line, you know, promising young secondary. The chiefs are the chiefs. I mean, everywhere you look, they got all pro players, but at the end of the day, what everyone is talking about, is the quarterback matchup. This is the must-see marquee matchup that the NFL, Roger Goodell cannot be happier that this is the matchup, that this is the Super Bowl. Oh, Roger Goodell's happy. My my job, CBS, is happy. They got Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. You can't ask for anything better. I'm sure it's going to break some ratings on Sunday. Pat Mahomes is a money drawer. Tom Brady, people that love him want to watch him. People that hate him want to watch him. And like you said, you have the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, going against the young kid on the block that everyone loves. If you're not a Bronco fan like me, a Charger fan, a Raider fan, everyone thinks Pat Mahomes is the cutest baby on the uh, – everywhere, in the, in the daycare, whatever. Yep. They think Pat Mahomes is God, which, guess what? He, he, he deserves it. He, he is unbelievable. Since 2019 – listen to this. Since 2019, since – 10-6-2019, October 6, 2019, Pat Mahomes has only lost four games. Four games. That's insane. How can you only lose, as a, as a starter, 
four games since October 2019. It's amazing. And then you have Tom Brady, who, again, the greatest quarterback ever, is 10th Super Bowl right now, going for his seventh. You can't ask for a better quarterback matchup. You can't. I'm, I'm thrilled to watch it. Obviously, I'm shooting for the Bucks because I am a salty Bronco fan. But I just can't wait to see these match. Can't, can't wait to see this matchup, man. I can't. This is where I really want to focus in on Patrick Mahomes. I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play football. And Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play football. And I can somewhat buy in on Mahomes is going to be the next GOAT because what you watch, like what you just said, he's only lost four games in almost two years. It's a year and a half. It's disgusting. You watch the guy play and he just makes the most unrealistic plays. But I just don't see a way if Patrick Mahomes loses this game, I think it's physically impossible for him to pass Brady in the GOAT conversation for, for two main reasons. One, Tom Brady's going to have seven rings. That is ungodly. That is, that is so unrealistic for anyone to achieve that it's hard to sit there and look at Mahomes. He'll only have the one ring, so that means he would need six more to tie Brady. Now you're looking, the guy's got, what, 10 to 12 years? You know, I'm just ballparking on how many more years he's got as a, as a top. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Look, we're, we're talking about Tom Brady. He's, what, 43 right now, and he's still doing yeah, it? But much, Mahomes much different 24. quarterback. No, d- definitely much different quarterback. But, again, when you're as accurate as Pat Mahomes, that, that's something you can live with for forever. And yes, but – but his throw power, though, look at Drew Brees, look at Peyton, their, their throw power went off of a course. cliff. And Pat Mahomes got one of the strongest arms in the game. I agree a thousand percent. That he, but, again, did Peyton and Drew Brees really have a strong arm like Pat Mahomes did? Probably no. not. But, again, we don't know. It's still early in his career. Tom Brady's still on the back end of his career. He's still doing it. I mean, Yeah, yeah. Like that, Tom, that, is a, that is a fair assessment. But – Looking at it, all right, he's 24, so we'll, I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's got 15 more years. So that means every three seasons he has to win a Super Bowl at least just to tie Brady's seven if he loses this Sunday. Now, that's a hard bargain, especially with, you know, Brady's ungodly numbers. He did it over so many years. And those came with some losses in the Super Bowl, too. So you're looking at Mahomes. He'd be 1-1 one one in the Super Bowl. He'd probably have to go 6-0 and oh in his next six to, to have a realistic shot. If he goes again and loses, like it's just tough, such a tough ask. Obviously, you're going to have teams that are going to get better. Like the Bills actually pose somewhat of a threat, even though you and I said we knew the Chiefs were winning that game. But, you know, give them a few more years. You give the Steelers a, a few more years if they get a new quarterback after Ben. Like, there just, are some teams, you know, Patriots could be back next year. It's just tough for me, at least, to say if Mahomes loses this game, there is a, a clear path for him to pass Brady in the greatest of all time argument. But isn't it just amazing the fact that he's only in his, what, fourth year this year and we're already having this kind of like conversation? Yes. Like, Hey, like, you know, if he wins, he already is. He's one back-to-back, and he's already at two. Brady's only at six, only four more away, and he's only going to be 25 years old. Like, yeah, but just... at, the, at the same time, let's not say only four. Like, th- teams would kill to have one wow. or two. Like, we can't, we can't downplay Listen, the, the six. I'd kill for one more so before the Broncos, and I'd be the happiest man alive. Like, that, that's all I'm I still would. living off of 2017. So I, exactly. I'm still living off 2015. And but it's just amazing the fact that we're putting we could even talk about him in that conversation. And anyone that I'm the biggest Pat Mahomes hater in the world, but anyone that could sit here and try and argue that he's not that that he's not in that conversation yet, or he doesn't, you got to give it a few more years. The man should have went to the Super Bowl three years ago in his first year of starting. If it wasn't for the offsides call or that horrible rough in the passer call, he would have made it to his third straight Super Bowl then. Like you can't do you you can't be any more perfect. You can't be any more perfect in a four year span. And technically, 
technically that's his rookie year too because what we always forget is he didn't play his rookie year. Exactly. His rookie year did not count. He played one game and he beat the Broncos week 17. Andy Reid saw it. We're going to trade Alex Smith. We have a better option. Brings Pat Mahomes in first year right to the AFC Championship, went to overtime. Second year, they beat, they won the Super Bowl. Came, they were down every – they trailed in every game, and they won. And this year, nothing different. One loss or two – they lost two games. He, he only started one, though, to the Raiders. He didn't, he didn't play week 17. He lost to the Chargers. They, Chad Henney lost to the Chargers. And they're right back in the Super Bowl. And, again, he makes everyone around him better. He's making guys that – you know, would be a good receiver. Granted, he has Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, who are arguably the best at the position. Travis Kelsey is the best at his position. Tyree Kill's top five. Yeah. At, at what he does, he's the best. Yeah. At that deep pass. There's no one better at, at a deep pass than Tyree and Kill. I tell everyone, Tyree Kill, if you just think Tyree Kill is a speed threat, you don't watch him play because he's one of the best at going to get the ball. He is yep. unbelievable at – for someone that's, what, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, at jumping over people. His vertical is ridiculous. But, again, Pat Mahomes just makes everyone on that team better. He gives that team a chance to win every time he steps on that field. Think about it. They were, every time Pat Mahomes goes down, what do you do? You sit there. It's just a matter of time before they take the lead. Yep. How the Bucks can play with that, I, I, I don't know if they can. I don't know if the Bucks can. It's tough, especially I was thinking about this game and what if there's like a last-minute drive chance? I was like, oh, what if there's a two-minute drive chance? Because both of these quarterbacks, I would say right now there's three quarterbacks in the league where it's slam dunk, and this isn't a knock on other quarterbacks, but it's slam dunk. If you get them the ball, if you give them the ball with two minutes or less, and they have a shot to tie the game or take the lead. There are three quarterbacks in the league, absolutely no doubt, or at least giving you a chance. It's Brady, it's Rodgers, and it's Mahomes. Every time they get the ball in crunch time, it's like, okay, I know these guys are not going to make the mistake that costs them the game. Something extra might happen there, you know, a missed block, a you know, drop pass, whatever it may be. But those three guys, without a doubt, Every single time, there's no question in your mind they're taking their team down the field. I know there's other elite quarterbacks, and the majority of the time, you're like, oh, I got no doubt that, that you know, Russell Wilson can do it. Yes, I understand that. But those three, I will never, ever, ever in my mind have any question that they can take the ball down the field. So two of them are in the Super Bowl. So I sit here, and I'm like, what if this game does come down to a last-minute, a, last a two-minute drill which quarterback is it going to be and will they come through with it? Like it's, I think about it and I'm like, if Mahomes has the ball with a, on, you know, around two minutes left and they just need a score to win. I'm like, Oh, there's no doubt the chiefs are winning. But on the flip side, I'm like, man, if the bucks have the ball, they just need one drive. They score, they win. Oh, they're winning. Like if the game comes down to that, I truly think that last drive is going to win the game. I don't know if either defense is going to, provide that huge stop because of how clutch these two quarterbacks are. What, what's scary is if, if it does come down to that, right? Let's say the Bucks get a two-minute drive, they score. You better not leave that much time on the clock. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Because you can – even if you leave 45, 45 to a minute, you're probably screwed, especially if it's just a field goal. If it's just a field goal, you're definitely oh, forget screwed. It. But if it, even if it's a touchdown – I would not put any more faith into anyone other than Pat Mahomes. But like you said, if it comes down to the two minutes, either quarterback you're happy with, you're not worried with. It just comes down. How are these defenses going to play? It comes down to the defenses. I think the Chiefs defense is very underrated. The Bucks yep. defense I've loved. I've said it since September that once Tom Brady and this team gets gelling, that defense can bring them to the Super Bowl also. And that front seven is fantastic. Hopefully Antoine Winfield and all these other players can get back and play healthy and get healthy and play like Whitehead. So it's, it's going to be interesting, the chess match that Todd Bowles and the Bucks play against that chief offense. Because last yeah. time, Tyree Kill, he's still running for touchdowns. Over 200 yards, he had about 11 catches, I think. He was just The, the first half was disgusting. Exactly. 
That game on paper, yeah, the Bucks. It came down to the Chiefs getting a first down at the end of the game. That game wasn't that close. You. What's funny is, I went back and I checked the score because I almost made my my score prediction. This might be a little bit of a spoiler. My score prediction was almost very close to what the final score was of their first matchup. And as soon as I looked at it, it dawned on me. I believe it was 27-21, the final score. I looked at it and I said, if you were to just look through scores and you see that, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, they only won by six, one score game, must have been a close game. That is one of the most lying scores you can ever look at if you didn't watch the game. Because that game was not close. It was not close. The Chiefs... It was actually 27-24. Even closer. Oh, 27, 24. Excuse me. It was even closer. The Chiefs absolutely, you know, it was also a part of the Bucks defense did start to play a little better. But that when you were watching that live, it had a feel of the Chiefs took their foot off the gas. Yep. The, the Chiefs, the Chiefs relaxed on offense. The Chiefs, the Chiefs they coasted. Back. Chiefs dialed the back. Again, they they were hitting the Bucks, burning the Bucks deep every time, every play. Every play. Like you said, the defense for the Bucks did play better in the second half. But again, did the Chiefs take the pedal, take the foot off the gas pedal? Probably, because it did come down to the the Chiefs getting a first down, which they got pretty easily at the end yep. of the game to win. So that score to me is a little bit not. It's a little fugazi. Yeah, it's a little fugazi. It's a little fugazi. Scores a little fugazi. Um, but again, the Bucks defense is the key to this game. You know what I mean? Because they need to keep. Is Tom Brady perfect right now? No. Again, he threw, what, three picks last game? Three picks in the NFC Championship and, game? And, they, and guess what? Off of those, the Packers, off those three picks, only six points. So that Bucks defense is playing great. That Bucks defense yep. is playing fantastic. The Bucks offense in the, first, in the second half in the NFC Championship game was practically shut down, as close oh. as you could get to shutting down the Bucks offense by the yeah, Packers absolutely. defense. And the, and the Packers still didn't come back and win of, because of the Bucks defense. And, and that's what the that's what they're gonna need this week, because you're gonna have to throttle down Mahomes as much as you can. He's gonna score, you know that, you know that. But again, is Todd Bowles gonna keep blitzing this time? Pat Mahomes is the best, arguably the best quarterback ever against the blitz. There's yep. no man's better. It's 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 every quarterback you blitz you blitz against a quarterback. What happens? Interceptions, sacks, fumbles, bad passes. Pat Mahomes is like nothing. So again. What is Todd Bowles going to do that's different from the first game into this game? That, that to me, is the key to watch. The Bucks offense, Bucks defense versus the Chiefs offense, uh, Chiefs offense. And what might be the biggest factor of this game that has now become such a big factor in the last few days, outside of COVID, obviously COVID is a massive factor. The, the Chiefs barber, you know, almost almost just tore down every Chiefs fan's hopes of of winning another Super Bowl. You know, he had a, a schedule with Pat Mahomes, and thankfully Mahomes didn't sit down in that chair with him. But what might actually be the biggest factor is something that neither team can control. There is projected a heavy forecast of rain. So if it rains heavily, look, I still think the Chiefs offense can move the ball in the rain. But conditions like that, it doesn't make your offense better. It doesn't. No, never. And, and, and what I've always said is you're never going to beat this Chiefs team in a shootout. It's not going to happen. Nick Saban, it's not going to happen. So quit asking. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. It's not right. going to. Honestly, the rain might be the best thing for the Bucks. Yep, I agree. Is Pat Mahomes still going to be able to throw the ball? Probably. Who are you kidding? Probably. But what's the Chiefs' biggest weakness? They can't run the ball. And guess what the Bucs are great at? Stopping the run. So you know Pat Mahomes are throwing this ball at least 50 times. Rain, shine, snow, it don't matter. So if it does rain, will that affect anything on Andy Reid's side? I don't think so personally. But, again, it is still a factor. But, again, it could, it could hurt the Bucs' offense. And also – to go off of the Bucks' strength at defensive line, the Chiefs, obviously Mahomes is great under pressure. They're, they're pass blocking. Even if it's subpar, Mahomes makes up for it. Their run blocking is not that great. But what are they missing right now? 
Eric Fisher, gone, donezo, not going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Mike Remmers is going to be starting in his place. Patrick, you know a lot about Mike Remmers. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about Mike Remmers. Mike Remmers, Mike Remmers. Mike How do you pronounce style. it? We're going to call Mike the Turnstile for, on here on this podcast. <laughs> Mike the Turnstile is the right tackle who tried blocking Von Miller in Super Bowl 50 when Von Miller had two and a half sacks and one Super Bowl MVP. And guess what? Guess who's also on that team? Shaq Barrett was on that Super Bowl 50 team. And guess who Shaq Barrett's finally lined up against? Mike Remmers. Or it's going to be JPP, another Super Bowl champion with the Giants in, was it 2011, I think? I believe so, yeah. So you're, you're getting two studs on the outside who are playing out of this world. They are red hot right now. Red hot. And that's the last guy. Granted, is Eric Fisher the best left tackle in football? No, but he's serviceable. He knows how to do his job. You know what I mean? Mike, Mike Reamers, Mike the Turnstile. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, that's going to happen Turn, a lot on Mike this podcast. If you're expecting name pronunciation to, to be the home of here, no, it's not happening. Listen, it's not we happening. Bachelors. We're, we're, we're not geniuses, though, okay? Don't judge yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, Mike the Turnstile, against JPP, who's, who's had one of his best years of his career this year. Yep. One of his best years all year, he's been playing fantastic. I'm taking the two of them versus those two, those two tackles all day. Granted, now it's up to Pat Mahomes to get out of that pressure, which he's awesome at. His quarterback awareness, unbelievable. So we're going to see what the Chiefs do. Are they going to bring more tight end, another tight end, tight end into chip? What are they going to do here? Are they going to keep a running back, you know, if they're in shotgun, going to keep him in to protect? Because you're, you're going to need help. Look, even if Eric Fisher was healthy, you're still going to need help against those two. That's how hot they are. And one of the biggest things that happens – not only in just football, but in all sports, when it comes to the playoffs, it's not always the best team that wins. Sometimes it's just the hottest team that wins. A lot of times, teams that get hot at the right time, make their run, hit their stride at the right time, they end up winning. Right now, the Bucks are peaking at absolutely the best time, probably because Tom Brady knows how to go through a season, knows when to peak, Never peaks too early. Right now, before the playoffs started, you were probably like, okay, Bucks definitely have a shot. I don't know if I pick them over the Saints because the Saints have the best defense in football and the Saints will be at home. I don't know if I pick them against the Packers because the Packers will be at home. What happened? Bucks went to both places and beat both of them. They are smoking hot right now. That defense is partially if not the biggest reason they are smoking hot look at what they did against the saints the saints offense got practically shut down most of the game because of the bucks defense so like you said earlier the matchup to watch outside of brady versus mahomes is todd Bowles' defense against andy reed and eric Bieniemy's offense that's the matchup a thousand percent it absolutely is that's what i'm looking forward to i want to watch that front seven against pat mahomes they need to get pressure that's the only way you're going to win this game. If you're, if you're getting pressured at him, if you're getting pressured at him without trying to blitz, you need to keep as many people back in that secondary as you can. If not, you're going to get burnt like the last game. They met it. MV, last game against the Packers, what happened? Scantling, down the field, touchdown. So they can get beat deep. That's been the Bucks' biggest problem. It's a young secondary, and you're playing against the mastermind, Andy Reid and Biennemi and Pat Mahomes. So – I can't wait for this. Oh, I'm jacked up. I'm all jacked up, man. Oh, we're ready to roll. Let's get it going, man. Yep. We, we will get back to the Super Bowl talk, and we have a fun little segment where you're going to give me some Super Bowl trends. You have kept them from me. We will get to that, but we have, two, we have two pieces of news to get to. One of them is a little, a little dated, but it's still relevant to talk about, so we'll get to it first. The absolute bombshell of a trade, the Rams and the Lions. Rams receiving Matt Stafford, the Lions receiving Jared Goff, a 2021 third-round pick. They don't have a 2021 first-round pick because that's already in Jacksonville. A 2022 second uh, first-round pick, excuse me, and a 2023 first-round pick. So you're getting two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff and taking on his contract and giving up Matt Stafford reportedly the Lions had a ton of other first round pick offers that they turned down. One of them being number eight from Carolina. We know plenty of teams that are searching for quarterbacks 
Carolina was apparently in the mix. Washington was in the mix. Both of them couldn't meet what the Rams were offering. So there's two, there's obviously two sides to break down in the deal. So Pat, I got to ask you first, we'll focus on the Rams because they, they got rid of Goff's contract and they bring in Matt Stafford. They have no first round picks now for seven, eight years straight. So you're relying on free agency and your second round picks and on. Does Matt Stafford put them over the hump? Is is he the is he the guy that gets them over that hump that they've because they've essentially regressed? No, they absolutely. got to the Super Bowl and they've regressed since that Super Bowl year. They have a lot of big contracts. They're tied to a lot of money. They're free from Jared Goff, but is Matt Stafford the piece that puts them over and gets them to an actual contender that can actually win it all? Oh, God. I don't know. Like, I want to mask that from the Broncos, but, like, let's be real. Is he that guy that gets you over? People act like he's so super – people act like Matt Stafford is one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen. Is he talented? Sure. It's fantastic. Arms is unbelievable. Can throw a BB whenever he wants. But granted, I know the Lions are a joke of an organization. They're a hot mess. But what has Matt Stafford done really to get them over over the top? I'm not saying the Lions have how Lions helped them at all. At all. That that organization, how they're still running is beyond me. Never won a playoff game since I think my mother was before my mother was born. That's how long it's been. I don't know how long the last time was. But still, I, I don't know if Matt Stafford's that guy that excels them to being a yearly contender. They got the defense for it. You got Aaron Donald. You got Jalen Ramsey. You got a bunch of studs on that end. But is Matt Stafford going to be that guy? You hope so. You be, I mean, you better hope so. You don't have a first-round pick till I'll have 10 grandkids. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, imagine being a, a young Rams fan. And, you know, in 2016, when they draft Jared Goff, you're, you're 10 years old and you're super excited about the, the future of the Rams. And not saying that they, they haven't achieved anything because they have had success, but you're going to be like 18 years old by the time you see your next first-round draft pick. No, it's, and they, that's what you look forward to as a fan. Like, oh, I can't wait for my first-round pick. If but, you don't win, yeah, if you don't win at all, yeah. Of course. But, I mean, they're going, they're, their team is built to win now. Their team isn't built for – it's not a young, like a young, young team that's going to be yep. around for 10 years. They're, they're built for now. So they're going all in. Got to respect them for it. Clearly, Sean McVay wants to throw Jared Goff right in the curbside and get rid of him, which they did. Clearly, Sean McVay did not want Jared Goff, especially after this, this, this playoff run. When who yep. was the starting quarterback for them at first? Who, who were they starting? What the hell was that guy's name? Oh man, I forget it already. I should have I should have thought about it before we uh before we yeah, recorded. Too, but it was Joe Schmo, but it's okay. Ta- Sean McVay. Uh, Warford. How do you pronounce it? Warford. Sean War. John Warf. John Warford. I think. John Warford. Warford. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Johnny. Irrelevant. John. Yeah. Exactly. Mr. Irrelevant. He. They were trying. They started him over Jaragoff, and Jaragoff said he was fine to play. And Sean McVay still won with John Warford until he got concussed. So that just shows where the Rams thought about uh, Jared Goff at that time. We're going to see now. The Lions, I can't see the Lions winning more than three games next year. The, the Lions, uh, stay, stay tuned for when we rank uh, an episode coming up. We rank the coaching hires. You know, early spoiler. You're going to bite a knee? Do you plan on biting knees? Are you, do you <laughs> plan on biting knees? Get jacked up. You want to bite a knee? <laughs> that is... That is an early spoiler that he will not be ranked high. Dan Campbell will not be ranked high on, on where I have the, the coaching hires. I could not be any less impressed besides from, from Nick Sirianni's uh, presser, but that's, that's for another day. For the Lions aspect, it's come out that they apparently like Jared Goff. I'm, I've never been a huge Jared Goff guy, especially the money he's tied to. But, I mean, your Stafford wasn't on, you know, the cheapest deal in the world. You are taking on a lot of money, but you're getting a third-round pick, which in the NFL, a third-round pick is a very valuable pick. And then you get two first-round picks for a team that's not winning now. So you're building something. You are working towards the future. You have a new GM. You have a new head coach. 
this is the start of a rebuild. Jared Goff, in my opinion, brought in as the, the Jersey seller holdover. You know, I, he's going to win them a couple games, keep the fans happy a little bit. He's not going to put them over the edge. They're not going to make the playoffs with him, but it'll be serviceable to get them through these next couple years. Then they find their franchise guy and they hope they, they hit the road running with, you know, years of success. Will it happen? I doubt because it's Detroit. But if you're the Lions, probably not a bad deal if you were going to lose Stafford anyway. Stafford was one foot out the door anyway. This is probably the best bang for your buck that you're going to get. Oh no, thousand percent. It makes that it makes a hundred. It makes all the sense in the world to get rid of Stafford. He didn't want to be there. Why keep him? He's getting older. Your team is nowhere near. You're not winning any. You're not winning anytime soon. You're not. You're losing all your. You know, Kenny God is a free agent. I think Marvin Jones is a free agent. All you got is Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift back there. That's all you got. And on defense, probably the worst defense I've seen. That oh, defense it's, it's bad. Okuda didn't look this year. Their first round pick this past year from Ohio State. Yep, Jeff Okuda. You, you, you need to build through the draft because you're not going to get a lot of free agents there. A lot of big free agents are going to go to Detroit, especially with Dan Campbell talking about biting knees. Um, so – you're, you're going to have to build through the draft. Clearly, Dan Campbell has a way he wants to build this team. It looks like more like a physical yep. up-front team. They have the running back already in Swift. They want to be smack you in the mouth, old-school type of football, it looks like. Is that going to work? I don't know. Jared Goff is a pretty good play-action quarterback. That's what he's mainly best at. We'll see. I, I can't see the Lions winning more than three games, and those will be all the Dome games because Jared Goff is a good Dome quarterback. You, yeah, you, get, you get Jared Goff outside in the cold, he's not going to be good. Forget it. Forget it. Man, man's thinking about his UCLA days, thinking about where the, where the sun sets and where the sun rises. But, but to, to give him his credit, as an Eagle fan who watched the Rams absolutely slap the taste out of their mouth on their home field, I remember in that game, Jared Goff started that game like 19 for 19 or something ridiculous. He was red hot. And not saying that those throws were all way downfield, but you get Jared Goff a run game going. He's good at checkdowns. You know, he, I don't want to call him a game manager or a system quarterback because we've only seen him, you know, we didn't really see much of him with, uh, with Jeff Fisher. And we've really only seen the best of Jared Goff and the worst of Jared Goff under Sean McVay. So obviously this, this next this next step, this his future in Detroit is where we'll really see, you know, it, can Goff be that guy? Can he be that franchise quarterback? Or were the Rams right to give up two more first-round picks to get rid of him? Because this is a team that gave up a few first-round picks to get him. So for when it comes to who won the trade, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm sure, you know, three, four years down the line, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind was, when Washington traded for, for RG3, the Rams were the team that they traded to. The Rams did nothing with all those first-round picks. So those first-round picks are valuable unless you completely botch who you take. Then it's not that – hindsight is always twenty twenty. But for right now at this moment, I will say the Lions won this trade because of the value they got for a guy who was already leaving anyway. They got an, another starting quarterback, although he might not be the greatest starting quarterback in the league. They got a serviceable starting quarterback and got three very good picks. So now I will say the Lions won the trade, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Detroit, you have to make right with those picks because it would not surprise me if you botch them and then in time Stafford has some sort of success with the Rams and we sit there and say, man, Les Snead, he, he hit the nail right on the head. The Rams did this right. No, a thousand percent. The Lions, Detroit, I pray for you guys. I just <laughs> pray that you, you guys find some stability with Dan Campbell. I don't know, but I hope you find something. It, it, it's, it's, it's been so long now. One of your greatest players ever in your franchise history can't stand you. He never wants to go back because you just do him dirty. Yep. So, Lions, I hope you win this trade. Um, we'll see. Like you said, it, it's because it, guess what? For the first two years, it looked like the line, the, the Rams could win it. And then four years down the road, it looks like the Rams could win it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, we'll see. Um, 
quickly we saw that uh, we're getting off that, guys. We're going to Justin Herbert. Was yes, on, on, on the topic of quarterbacks. Yeah, we'll stay on the young, the young quarterback, uh, young guns in the league. Justin Herbert was announced your NFL Rookie of the Year, which, uh, which pains me even more and is just me getting stabbed in the back. Not really stabbed in the back, just getting shit on. Because for the next God knows how many years, I have to, in my division, I have to watch my Broncos play Pat Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in football, best player in football. Yep. And then Justin Herbert, who I thought was going to be a bust. I'm like, Justin Herbert, he's not going to be good. I don't, he doesn't, doesn't look it. I just, Oregon quarterbacks, he comes in and lights the league on fire. So I'm very depressed, not happy, that for the next God knows how many years of my life, I'm going to have to deal with Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah, it is definitely a tough time to be a Bronco fan named Patrick Vega. But uh, one one thing I just want to hit on quickly on the topic of Herbert winning the Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Year. I understand people saying Justin Jefferson should have won the award. But at the end of the day, it's how it always goes. A quarterback is always going to be favored. And I understand Justin Jefferson had a an electric rookie year. This is coming from a guy who would have loved to have Justin Jefferson as his first round draft pick. And his team was, his team was laughed at for not drafting him. Clearly the Vikings were right. Their, their, their laughter was, was warranted, but it would take Herbert having half as good as a season as he did for Justin Jefferson to win the rookie of the year, simply because of the favoritism quarterbacks get. And it's just got to be accepted at this point. Guys, it's a quarterback league. MVP award is a quarterback award. Like, yep. I mean, Derrick Henry can't win the MVP or should Aaron Donald. Like, Aaron Donald is every year is unbelievable. You know what I mean? So, again, it's a quarterback league. I mean, I think Justin Jefferson should have won it. For a receiver to do what he did as a rookie, unbelievable. Yeah. Again, it's a quarterback league. They're going to give the quarterbacks the award. It's more, it's flashier, it's nicer. Even though Justin Jefferson's putting people on highlight reels for his rest of his career, they're yep. going to get him a quarterback. Also, so. to, to give him even more credit, in what is a run-first offense, you know, Kirk Cousins ain't no gunslinger anymore. Kirk Cousins is Garbaggio. And Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the league. And we already know Mike Zimmer has always wanted the Vikings to be a run-first offense. And that's the problem that he's had with previous offensive coordinators. So for Justin Jefferson to fill in in Stefan Diggs' shoes and there be no lack of production from the receiving corps, him and Thielen, it was as if nothing was different have to give him his his proper credit and his his due his round of applause but i'm sorry my man it's it's a qb league yeah it's a, it's no, a qb it, league qb league you're net you're i i wish we can get an mvp to win like another yep. position to win mvp who was the last one i think adrian peterson i think i believe so which is what i think 2012 i think because Payne won in 2013 and it so, took an ungodly season from ap to yeah. get it exactly it took him coming back and they probably they mostly gave it to him because he came off the acl and he almost yeah. broke the rushing record yeah. it had it's like adrian peterson one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen coming off an acl injury and to just miss beating the record to an mvp we got to get back to the super bowl this is this is how we we close the show I know you got some good stuff in there for me. I'm excited. I've been waiting all week to hear about it. Stay tuned. Our predictions are still coming. But what are these great facts you've been hiding from me? I've been dying to know. Oh, well, you know, I'm just a savant at everything I do. I'm just, I'm just fantastic. So I found, you know, for, hey, listen, for you gamblers, listen now. This is the time to listen because it's not, it's just trends that maybe will persuade you one way or another way really doesn't have anything to do with like a betting line or an over-under. Just some trends, you know, to look at for, for some Interesting talk. trends. Very Interesting trends. trends. Bucks quarterback, who is Tom Brady. Yep. He is four in one all time in the Super Bowl while wearing the color white. Really? So who's that one lost to? They are wearing white this year. 
That one loss, I believe. It's a rhetorical question. Oh, it, it was the Eagles, wasn't it? Yes, it was, baby. Yes, it was. Yes, indeed. So, another one. I, I have a few here, so we're going to run through this real fast. 13 of the last 16 Super Bowls have been won by teams wearing white. But last year, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I believe they were wearing red. Yes. So, look at that. And now, what's, also, what's also interesting, though, is the Bucks will be wearing white, but they're going to be at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because the Chiefs are technically the home team. Yep. Since obviously they are the one seed. And they will not be letting the Bucks shoot off the cannons when they score. They will not be allowing that. I did not hear that, but good, because and, and it's make, not a home game. Again, it's not a home game. You just happen to be at home. Yeah. So, for this trends towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team with the worst – the worst regular season record is 12 and two in the last 15 Super Bowls. So if you're if you're persuading the Bucks, looking for the Bucks, that would go that way. 12 and two, the team with the worst record in the last 15 Super Bowls. 12 and two. This is this is a lot. This is you know this is making me. These things are making me second guess my prediction. I'm not gonna lie. If you are the next three are for your Chiefs. Favorites are straight up 36 and 18 straight up in the Super Bowl. Favorites are 36 and 18 straight up in Super Bowl history. The AFC, my conference, the AFC, is six and one straight up in the last seven Super Bowls by the job that pays me, CBS. That's pretty interesting. Interesting. AFC, they do not lose on CBS in the last seven Super Bowls. Six and one. Six and one. That's Wow, that's actually the AFC is eleven and five in Super Bowls in Florida. Eleven that, and five in Super Bowls in Florida. That is that is one that I don't even know why that would be a thing. Me either, but guess what? <laughs> Patty Fax is here. If you look for your Buck fans, I'll turn back to you. Since nineteen ninety, when the Super Bowl is a rematch of a regular season game. The loser is five and two in that game. Hmm. The loser is five and two. Buck fans, you guys lost 27-24. Does that trend for you? We'll see. Underdogs are five and one in the last five Super Bowls with a male lead halftime performance. We have the weekend performing this year. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. The Underdogs are five and one the last five Super Bowls. Uh, last six Super Bowls. I'm sorry. Yep. Five and one last six Super Bowls. It's a male-led halftime performance. That's what. That's one of the first ones where I, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, that just has to be just a coincidence. Dude, listen. You know these betting people. They 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 find anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, this one goes for the Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC is 3-0 in the last three Super Bowls with former Cowboys in the broadcast booth. Super Bowl 54, Troy Aikman. Super Bowl 53, Tony Romo. And Super Bowl 51, Troy Aikman again. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your beautiful and lovely Super Bowl trends by me, Patrick Vega. I hope I, I, hope I persuaded someone to steer another way just because of these. And if you want them, Come tweet me. Come tweet us. Let us know. I'll yeah. give you all these things again. I'll tell you what that that is. I'm I'm not going to change my prediction because I don't want to second guess myself. But I have to give you credit. You brought up a lot of things that have made me sit here and say, you know what? Everything trending. A lot easier to buy into the bucks with the way the trends are. Yep. And also, you know, it's it's Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I know Patrick Mahomes is, you know, could be the real deal. He's the, the next the Brock Lesnar, the next big thing. But Tom Brady, he's Mr. Church on Sunday, he's Mr. Five O'clock dinner. Every time you guarantee he's coming through. It's the same thing, it's the same story. We know oh. how it ends with Mr. Brady. Always. He, he is the, uh, 
It's like Ric Flair. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get a lot of wrestling references on here. Oh, you're yeah. Get a, I'm wearing a Ric Flair shirt as we speak and a rock headband. So, again, you are going to get a lot of wrestling references on here. So, I, I hope those trends, honestly, persuade someone the other way. If I'm wrong, if I mean, if, if it, the trend is wrong, well, guess what? Kick rocks. What do you want from me? Yeah, it ain't I'm your fault. Kick that. rocks. I'm just giving the trend here. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, hit the drums. It is time for Slants and Rants. Super Bowl, what are we, 55? 54, 53, 55. Super Bowl 55 predictions. Pat, Mr. Vega, Patrick Vega, I've been thinking about this for a while. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about it as soon as the Bucks beat the Packers because I was so sure that the Chiefs were winning the AFC Championship game. They were beating the Bills. I've said this to you before, and I'll say it again. I think the best thing that's ever happened to the Chiefs this season was losing that game to the Raiders because it immediately dropped all the pressure of a perfect season, which people really underestimate the stress and pressure that a perfect season brings to you. And I feel like that loss happened at a good time to where they weren't close enough to the perfect season where it could kind of make you stumble a little bit. It's not like they were far away enough to where they, they go on a crazy streak and you think they're going to cool off at some point. I feel like that loss happened at a perfect time. They locked up the one seed. All that perfect season. Because if look, if you had to take a guess on any team that has the best chance of having a perfect season besides you know the Patriots uh, a you know decade ago the Chiefs this year were a pretty solid bet to to have a perfect season and they lost that game to the Raiders and I know you never want to lose to your rivals but I personally feel like that was the best thing to happen to them this season because there was no worry after that I've been on the Chiefs all year long I have said it is written in the stars for a repeat, this has been a crazy season. And then Tom Brady had a fantastic year with the Bucks. They only made the wild card because of their, their struggles against the Saints in the regular season. But they are red hot right now. You can make an argument that the Bucks are the hottest team in football. Granted, there's only two teams left. But throughout the playoffs, the Bucks have been the hottest team. I don't think... It's enough. I said earlier, you're not going to beat the Chiefs in a shootout. And Atlanta last year was so close. Or Atlanta, excuse me. I'm thinking of Shanahan. The 49ers last year, (laughs) Shanahan, was so close. His time with Atlanta, he did the same exact thing against Brady. He wasn't able to do it for an entire game. I like in this matchup, to an old school boxing matchup where you have a team that's like that boxer who needs 12 perfect rounds of boxing to beat you. Then on and that would be the Bucks. They need four perfect quarters of football to beat you. Then on the opposite side, you have the heavy hitter, the Kansas City Chiefs, where they just need one play. They just need that one punch and it changes the entire game. So my official prediction. I am going 30-21 Kansas City Chiefs. And I think at halftime, you're probably going... The Super Bowl is never really a blowout besides, you know, sadly, your Broncos against the uh, the Seahawks. I feel like at halftime, it's not going to be put away, but you're going to see in the first half those little seeds... Oh, the Chiefs are going to run away with this one. The Chiefs, have, the Chiefs have got this. So I'm not going to disrespect the Bucks. I'm not going to, you know, go with some crazy line. 30 to 21. That's my official prediction. Kansas City Chiefs, my boy Andy Reid, takes home his second Super Bowl. Well, well said. Very beautiful. Thank you. So 
Chris is going with the Chiefs. Mr. CTD is going with the Kansas City Chiefs there. Again, I've been thinking about it the whole week because we knew we were doing our first podcast, this first episode for the Super Bowl. All year, I, I've said the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. There was no team in the AFC that could stop them. And personally, I still don't think there's a team in the NFC that could stop them, which happens to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs have some injuries in the secondary that, I mean, I think Winfield will be back to play. Will Whitehead be back? I don't know. That's a big loss, losing two young studs like that at the safety position. And, again, the Chiefs are just too good. They, they, they just do everything right. While their defense doesn't have, like, a like a name like Von Miller or, like, a J.J. Watt or Aaron Donald like that, they still have some damn good players on there. They have the players that do what they need to do. Spagnola has those players fill the right position, the right time. You got Frank Clark. You got Chris Jones doing everything. You got Swanson, who's just a football player. He's going to be at the ball every time. And then you have, their, to me, their best defensive player, their leader. You have Honey Badger. And people forget how, good, how great of a safety he is, how great of a football player he is. Bruce Arians, the opposite coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said that's still his greatest draft pick he ever made, was drafting Honey Badger. I think while the Bucks interior is good, I still think Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to have a good day. Sure, are the Bucks going to be able to move the ball? Yes, but if the Bucks aren't moving the ball up and down the field, they're not moving the ball at all. They have the most three and outs, I believe, in football. They only average, I think it was like three yards a drive or something like that. Seven, seven plays a drive, I think it was. Yeah, it, it's it, – they're, they're just not – it's either – they're going to score or they're not, It'll, or it's going to be a quick three and out, which against the Chiefs, you, you can't have three and outs. You can't. So I'm going with Pat Mahomes to win his second straight Super Bowl, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. It hurts me to say this. I'm going with the Chiefs 31-24 to beat the, the Bucks by a touchdown. Will it be close? I think it's going to be close for a little bit, and I think, like Chris said, the Chiefs at the end are just going to pull away. I don't see the Bucs getting a two-score lead again. Can they? Sure. They got to come out fast in the first quarter. But is that the death note? That's literally the death note for all these teams. Sure, we'll take a two a two-score lead on the on the on the Chiefs. We'll be fine. In a blink of an eye, just like last year's Super Bowl, it's all it's it's gone. So I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, 31-24 to repeat as the Super Bowl champions, the first ones since the Patriots did it and Tom Brady did it in the early 2000s. It is so good to finally have the Super Bowl this Sunday, but it's even better to finally have the first episode of Slants and Rants under our belt. There is so much more to come from the both of us. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. Absolutely. I, guys, I'm, I'm sitting here like, shit, I'm all jacked up. I'm about to go work out after this. That's how pumped up I am. Exactly. The feeling is good. There is so much to come in the future. So stay tuned. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Slants, and, Slants Rants Pod. Follow me at Chris Turner Armando. Follow you at Vega Alliance. V-E-G-A-L-L-I-N-C-E. I-A-N-C-E. Don't worry about it. I'll, you'll, you can, you can slants, find it in the yeah. Follow Slants Rant Pod. I don't care about my Follow Slants Rant Pod. Guys, this is just the first episode of our pilot. We're going to bring so many different segments. We're going to come up with different segments, keep you intrigued and want to come back and listen. It's not going to just be us straight bullshitting for the whole time, kind of like how we did today. Yep. We're going to have different segments and try and bring different people on that matter and that know the game of football. All right? So be stay tuned. Stay tuned. So thank you for giving a listen. We apologize for what you might not like. You know, this is a, a WIP, a work in progress. So be That's patient with like it. Too damn bad. <laughs> yeah, guess what? That yeah. ain't my problem. Guess what? Just keep coming back and let's just get better. Exactly. Right? Stay, you know, stay on the tracks with us. Stay on. Don't leave. Stay on. Hop I've on. never. We're here. I, I've never seen a TV show where the first episode was the best episode and in season five, you know, it wasn't Galaxies Better. Doesn't happen. So be patient. 
We're going to have a lot of fun. So for Vega, I'm CTD. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you next week back with another episode, part Super Bowl recap, part some more fun. You got to tune in and listen.